It's time to break down the Buffalo Bills week nine opponent, the challenges they present and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, it's time to talk about the Bills next game and really break it down from every angle, get into the weeds here on all the details that are going to matter on Sunday night. So let's get into it. The Bills are on the road in week nine to face the Cincinnati Bengals. The game will be played on Sunday, November 5th at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. The game will be broadcasted on NBC. Mike Tirico on the play-by-play. Chris Collinsworth is the game analyst. And Melissa Stark is the sideline reporter. I can already see the tweets of Bills fans complaining about Chris Collinsworth, but put him aside. Just watch the game. Doesn't matter what he says. This will be the 34th all time meeting between the Bills and the Bengals. The Bills have a 17 and 16 all time mark against Cincinnati. The last time these two teams played, yeah, we remember, remember that 27 to 10 home playoff loss. Bills have an opportunity to get a little revenge here. Let's see if they do. Bills enter this game 5 and 3. The Bengals are 4 and 3. All four of their wins came against NFC West teams since he started 1 and 3, but they've won their last 3 games. Let's take the journey of their season real quick in week 1, a 24 to 3 loss to the Browns. Week 2, 27 to 24 loss to the Ravens. Week 3, 19 to 16 win over the Rams. Week 4, 27 to 3 loss to the Titans. Week 5, 34 to 20 win over the Cardinals. Week six, a 17 to 13 win over the Seahawks. Week seven, a bye, and they come out of the bye and looked like the team everybody expected them to be against the 49ers, beating them 31 to 17 in San Francisco. And so the Bengals started off the season very, very badly, right? They they didn't look good at all. Joe Burrow missed a big part of the preseason with the calf injury, and then he played in week one, but you could tell he wasn't right. And so the Bengals are very much a team like any team that as their quarterback goes, so does the entire operation. And as Joe Burrow was trying to get healthy with the calf, the Bengals really struggled and looked, I mean, flat out bad at times. But the last three weeks have been a different conversation for Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, where they're starting to look every bit of the contender that many expected them to be. And, you know, I mean, the Bengals have been to the last two AFC championship games. They've won 
the AFC right back in 2021. So they've certainly earned a lot of benefit of the doubt for how they can get a season on track. And it looks like they're doing that. The head coach is Zach Taylor, 40 years old in his fifth season with the Bengals holds a record of 32, 39 and one. Now he had a bumpy start to his tenure in Cincinnati before Joe Burrow came through. And since they got Joe Burrow, they've been a legit contender since he was drafted in 2021. Uh, they went to the Super Bowl, as I mentioned, and lost the AFC Championship game last year. So that's been their results of the last two seasons. And this is kind of that third year of their glow up with Joe Burrow, who is the quarterback, 26 years old. He's six foot four, 215 pounds. First round pick, number one overall in 2020 out of LSU. So far, he has started 49 games for the Bengals, and Cincinnati is 28. 20 and one in those starts so far this year he's completing 66 percent of his passes 216 yards per game 10 touchdowns four interceptions and a passer rating of 87.5 and as i mentioned just early in the season he was not right uh his first four games when cincinnati was one in three he completed 58 percent of his passes 182 yards per game a total of two touchdowns two interceptions and a passer rating of 69 in the last three games during Cincinnati's current three-game win streak, he's completing 78% of his passes, which is a jump of 20%, 261 yards per game, eight total touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 111. And so obviously things have been a lot different over the last four games or three games for the Bengals and Joe Burrow. I want to go through some metrics here with Joe Burrow, and I want to focus in on the last four games, how he fared in the first three games when they were just absolutely a shell of the team that they're showing that they are right now. I don't think that really matters within his metrics. And so I want to focus in on just the last four games, and I'll compare these numbers to the entire NFL over the last four games. So Joe Burrow's average time to throw, 2.48 seconds. That is very fast. That's third fastest in the NFL. He's one of only three quarterbacks in the league that gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds on average. Tua Tungabailoa, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, three fastest triggers in the NFL. Now, Joe Burrow not really pushing the ball down the field. His average depth of target is only six. That's the lowest in the NFL. I repeat, that's the lowest average depth of target of any quarterback in the NFL over the last four games. Only 7% of Joe Burrow's throws are 20 yards or more down the field. That is 29th out of 32. And when he does go deep over the last four games, he's four of 10 for 133 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and a completion percentage of 40%, which is 15th over the last four games. 71.4% of Joe Burrow's throws are to his first read. That is a, a pretty high mark. Uh, that's That's towards the top of the league in terms of getting the ball to that primary option in top five, four, actually number four. So very consistent at getting the ball to his first read and very consistent at getting the ball out of his hands quickly. As we mentioned, the average uh, time to throw was, was third fastest in the league and 64% of his throws come out in under two and a half seconds. That's actually the highest percentage of throws. And when he does that, he completes 75% of his passes, passer rating of 88.7. That's 18th in completion percentage. 21st in passer rating when he gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds. When he holds on to it for over two and a half seconds, which only happens 36% of the time, he's really, really good. He's a lot better, actually. So 
percent completion percentage, passer rating of 137.8. Both of those figures, number one in the NFL. So Joe Burrow, despite being the fastest triggered quarterback in the NFL and have the highest percentage of throws that come out in under two and a half seconds, when he holds on to it for longer than two and a half seconds, nobody completes a higher percentage of passes and nobody has a higher passer rating. So an interesting dynamic when it comes to Burrow's splits. Burrow is under pressure 29% of the time when he throws the ball. That is fourth lowest in the NFL. A lot of that has to do with his quick trigger, right? Like you don't have to block for very long. You're not, you're not giving up a lot of pressure. So that kind of goes hand in hand. Now, when Joe Burrow is under pressure, he is phenomenal. 121 passer rating under pressure. That's third best in the league. 76.7 completion percentage. That's first by 4%. And so he is handling pressure extremely well. And obviously, he's really good when he's kept clean as well. Passer rating of 100 and a completion percentage of 75. Play action, not a big part of what they do. Uh, only 22%. That's 23rd in the NFL in terms of frequency. But Joe Burrow does have a 138 passer rating with play action, which is third best in the NFL. And it was interesting. Zach Taylor commented on this during a podcast over the summer, and he said they don't like to do a lot of, of play action because they don't want Joe Burrow turning his back to the defense, and they think that he's a really good pre-snap processor, and he's very good at reading coverage rotations and knowing where to go to the football, and they don't want to have his eyes not on the defense at all times. And so that's the justification there, although Joe Burrow, very good with play action. Screens, big-time screen team here, 14% screens, eighth highest in the NFL. They get 5.7 yards per attempt on screens, which is 12th. So got to be aware of the screen game. All right, we're going to break down the rest of this offense beyond Joe Burrow here in just a moment, but I got to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports, and the format is incredible. I love it. It's just you against numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros, including sharks. It's just you against numbers. Here's what you do: you select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. And that's it. It does not take long. Picks can be made in under a minute. And then when you win, withdrawals are super, super quick. I've really been enjoying prize picks. And look, this is a big game on Sunday night. Bills, Bengals, people are expecting a lot of points. Maybe head on over to prize picks, get an entry, hit those overs on Diggs receiving yards and Kincaid's receiving yards and Allen's passing yards if you think there's going to be a bunch of points in this game. And, uh, you know, it just makes it that much more exciting when you do have a prize picks entry. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals is Brian Canahan, Callahan, excuse me, Brian Callahan, 39 years old, in his fifth season with the Bengals and as an NFL offensive coordinator. He's the son of Bill Callahan, former head coach of the Raiders and regarded as one of the best offensive line coaches really, uh, of modern football. Let's talk about some of the metrics of this Bengals defense, and it's not going to tell a pretty story, right? This is not a team, when you look at the entire body of work, that's going to impress you with their metrics. 19 points per, 19 points per game, that's 24th in the league. They've scored 27 over the last three games, but in totality, 19. Uh, at their average is 27 points per game over the last three. Just want to clarify there. 4.9 yards per pass, that's 28th. 3.7 yards per rush, that's 24th. They turn the ball over very, 
very little, 7.8% turnover percentage. That's 31st, and so that means it's second best. They've only committed six total turnovers in seven games, so they've done a good job of not giving away the football and not beating themselves with turnovers. They score on 29.9% uh, of drives. That's 27th in the NFL. They convert their third downs 33.7% of the time. That's 28th. Their red zone touchdown percentage is 61%, which is ninth. So those numbers are not good. But again, the way this team has played the last three weeks is a lot more in indicative or indicative. My wife's been getting on me for how I say <laughs> say that word. It's indicative, not indicative. I got it. Pronunciation, please put the handcuffs away. I'm learning. It's indicative. No, it's indicative. Indicative. So the way that they've measured all season is not indicative of what they've looked like the last three weeks. Let's talk about their personnel. Wide receiver, Jamar Chase, he's a star. T. Higgins, he's really good. Tyler Boyd, he's really good. You know about this. That's the that's the deal here. It's Joe Burrow throwing the ball to those three guys, and they're all very good. Jamar Chase, probably the most physical receiver in the NFL. I mean, A.J. Brown might have something to say about that, but just a physical dude with run-after-the-catch ability, ball skills. He is a load. T. Higgins, big, long, lanky frame, can really elevate and win in contested situations. Um, big catch radius. Tyler Boyd, classic slot receiver, route runner that knows how to find space and get open. Irv Smith is their tight end. That has not been a good signing for them. They moved on from Hayden Hurst in the offseason. They've moved on from a lot of tight ends, right? C.J. Uzoma before that. And Irv Smith is the guy. He is not productive at all. So far this season, 10 catches for 57 yards. So they are definitely missing tight end production in this offense. The running back is Joe Mixon, and they really don't get anyone else going. Travion Williams is the number two. But Joe Mixon's been their running back for a while. Uh, multifaceted back. I, I think he's, over the last year plus, he's kind of been underwhelming, but certainly a capable runner, although the production really hasn't been there over the last season and a half or so. And so when it comes to the running back distribution and, and ball, you know, ball carries, right? It's 112 carries for Joe Mixon. The next highest running back on the team is Travion Williams with seven. Seven. So it's Joe Mixon. He's the ball carrier. When it comes to targets, Jamar Chase has 85. The next highest is Tyler Boyd with 44. I mean, that's huge, right? That's clearly they throw the ball to Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, T. Higgins has 42 targets. He did miss a game and 24 for Joe Mixon. I mean, it's just, it's very defined what they want to do. They run the ball with Joe Mixon. They throw the ball to Jamar Chase. Now, obviously, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, very potent. You saw them kind of ramp up against the Niners, but this football team is about throwing the ball to Joe Mixon, throwing the ball to Jamar Chase, running the ball with Joe Mixon. 43% of Cincinnati's passing yards this year belong to Jamar Chase. That is an insane amount. Stefan Diggs, by comparison, is about 35% of the Bills' passing yards. Their offensive line, left tackle Orlando Brown, they paid him a bunch of money to come over from the Chiefs. I think he's been okay. Cordell Vosen, second-year player, is the left guard. I think he's been okay. I think the weak side of their line is, has been the left side so far this year. Center, long-term veteran, former Patriot, former Dolphin, Ted Karras, a very much a sufficient type starter there at center. Right guard Alex Kappa came over last year in free agency from the Buccaneers. I think he's a sufficient starting right guard. And then Jonah Williams, who has been their left tackle, flipped over to right tackle this year. 
and I think he's played pretty sound. Um, and so I think their center to right tackle has been a lot better than their left tackle to center, if that makes a lot of sense, which, I mean, I, they paid a lot of money for Orlando Brown. They certainly expect him to be an impact player, uh, but I think he's been more up and down than he has been consistent. So what are my keys for this Bills defense against this Bengals offense? Well, number one, the defensive line has to win, right? You have to create, you got to create problems. You got to win one-on-ones. You got to get pressure on Joe Burrow. You can't let Joe Mixon get going, right? This, this defensive success that the Bills will have will be predicated on how well their defensive line plays. Will Ed Oliver have splash plays? Will Greg Rousseau have splash plays? Will Von Miller look anything like Von Miller? A.J. Epinesa, can he get going? How about Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle? Can you give anything? This game is going to be about the Bills' defensive line stepping up and making plays. That was just completely missing in the playoff loss. Got to win one-on-ones. You got to stress this offensive line. Got to get after Joe Burrow. Number two, you got to have great disguise coverage, and you have to sustain your coverage. Joe Burrow is great pre-snap, and he's great post-snap. You got to show him stuff pre-snap and change the picture post-snap. And you have to keep covering because it's not just about taking away the first read and then making Joe Burrow process deeper into the snap, and then he'll crumble. No, he's actually better when he processes deeper into the snap. So you better change up your looks, and you better sustain your coverage. And what helps there is if your D-line can get home. So the D-line and the pass rush and the coverage has to be synced up, and it has to allow both components to play off of each other to limit Joe Burrow the best she can. And I have a lot of encouragement about this because Sean McDermott is calling this defense and not Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier gave this team off coverage and very vanilla looks. Sean McDermott hasn't done that all year. Very aggressive with his fronts, very aggressive with his alignments in in the secondary. The disguise has been there. And I think you have to do that against Joe Burrow. Now he's going to make his plays. It's going to happen. But I think you have to try to put yourself in situations where they're leaning into lower percentage things as opposed to just free access, hit your back foot, and get the ball out of your hands. You have to make it harder on Joe Burrow than Leslie Frazier did. And I'm somewhat optimistic that Sean McDermott can do that. The last key that I have is match their intensity. Play with a chip. You have to play fast and physical for 60 minutes. I think one of the biggest things that you could tell Really, in, in the first Cincinnati game where you saw just a little bit of it before DeMar Hamlin got injured, and of course the playoff game, the Bengals played with a different level of intensity. They were intentional. They were confident. They came in, and I'll be honest with you, they didn't think much of the Bills. They did not think much of the Bills. And by the way they executed and what the results showed, they were right. You got to match their intensity. You got to play with a chip on your shoulder. You got to be fast and physical for 60 minutes. Because you owe this team something. They came into your place in the playoffs and ended your season by three scores. Match their intensity, play with a chip, be fast and physical for 60 minutes. Because you know what? They've told you now in two different games. Now, I know we didn't see the entirety of that Monday night game. They've told you what they think of you. How are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? You owe this team something. 
I hope that you took it personal and you're ready to deliver. So those are my keys for the Bills on defense. The defensive line has to win. You have to have great coverage disguise and sustained coverage, then match their intensity, play with a chip, and be fast and physical for 60 minutes. Folks, I'm not going to lie. I am obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience is simply unmatched. We're all busy, right? We all got a lot going on, and sometimes it's hard to get to the grocery store or prepare dinner. Well, don't worry about it. DoorDash can handle that for you. I love ordering food from my favorite local restaurants. I actually uh, just ordered a really good pizza from Afton Pizza right down the street here. It was super good. I also have uh, a barbecue place down the street, the Smoke Pit. I order from them quite frequently as well. So check them out. They'll have all the local restaurants that you love near your home, and they'll also bring you groceries. And so I love that. Not always easy to get to the grocery store. Well, DoorDash can handle that for you. And they'll they'll give you stuff off the shelf just like you picked it out, right? So you don't have to worry about getting produce or meats. They will do a good job of making sure that they give you quality items every single time. So stop worrying about what's for dinner. Stop worrying about what you're going to snack on. Stop worrying about when you're going to find time to get to the grocery store. Let DoorDash handle that for you. We have a deal here. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. The defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals is Lou Anarumo, 57 years old, in his fifth season as the Bengals' defensive coordinator, sixth season overall as an NFL defensive coordinator. And I've said it a million times, I think he's one of the best defensive minds in the entire league. And what's interesting about that is you're going to look through his defenses and you're going to study all the metrics and the stats, and they're not statistically very good. They're not statistically pretty. But the way that he can scheme and call plays in high leverage moments is it's really good really what he's shown over the last two and a half years of doing that is pretty doggone good and so yeah you look at the stats and you'll say you know what Lou Anarumo's never ranked higher than 16th in total defense in the NFL it doesn't tell the whole story his ability to game plan and scheme and adjust is tremendous so far this season and again here's numbers that are not going to be that impressive They're allowing 20.5 points per game, which is 16th, so middle of the pack. 371 yards per game, which is 27th. 6.6 yards per pass, which is 28th. Five yards per rush, that's 30th. You think the Bills' run defense is bad. The Bengals are right there statistically with them. 16.5% turnover rate, that's pretty good. That's sixth best in the league. They have eight takeaways in their last three games, so they're they're taking away the football. They uh, limit third down conversions 43% of the time. That's 24th. Red zone touchdown percentage is 48%. That's 10th. They blitz 28% of the time. That's 12th in terms of frequency. 24% pressure rate on passing downs. That's 13th. And an 8.5 sack rate, which is 9th. Their personnel, defensive ends, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, really, really good pair of defensive ends. Now, they're not like super bendy, flexible guys, but they are heavy hands. They know how to really challenge the width of the pocket. They win with power. Trey Hendrickson's a baller. That, that's a good, good football player. That's a big test for Deion Dawkins. Uh, Trey typically plays on that right side. So Dawkins will have a big test in Trey Hendrickson, who has a lot of different pass rush moves, can win with power, and really does well to soften angles. And he plays with a lot of energy. Same thing with Sam Hubbard. 
Hubbard's not as dynamic of a pass rusher, but he's a really, really good run defender and just fundamentally sound in terms of uh, how he plays the position. They're backed up by Cam Sample, um, who's a young player that can play inside and outside that I think has become a decent third defensive end. And then their first-round pick, Miles Murphy, has not really done much this year, but he may get some action. On the interior, they got two big dudes, DJ Reader, BJ Hill. I think DJ Reader is one of the best nose tackles in all of football. One of those different ones, right? Like Javon Hargrave, Vita Vea, DJ Reader, you know, Dexter Lawrence, Deron Payne, like that group of, of nose tackles, he's in that group. Um, big time energy piece and can really create a lot of problems for your interior offensive line. BJ Hill is his running mate. Uh, hasn't been his best season to this point, but we certainly know what he's capable of. And then their backups are Zach Carter, who's kind of a pass rush specialist, you know, sub 290 pounds, more athletic than anything. Hasn't really taken off yet in the NFL in his second season out of Florida. Josh Tupo, who has been there for a long time, 340 pounds. That's their backup uh, A-gap defender. Linebacker, they had a couple of nice linebackers, and they signed them both long-term and got some great value out of these deals. Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, they're both big. They're both athletic. They can both cover. They can both play the run. They air, That's a quality pair of linebackers, and you know you don't typically find combinations like this that offer size, coverage ability, and downhill uh, talent, right? So they, they just, they're complete packages and that's pretty rare in today's NFL. I mean, both these guys are good size, right? Over 240 pounds, both of them at corner, uh, kind of an interesting situation here. Cam Taylor Britt is one of their corners, uh, third round pick last year out of Nebraska. One of my favorite prospects coming out. I was hoping the bills would draft him and he's, he became a starter last year, uh, because of some injuries that they have. And he's, Got better and better last year, and he's looking like he's going to be a quality starter for them for a long time. Now, opposite of him is Chidobi Awuzie, who tore his ACL last year. And, you know, he's a good starting corner, but he's still working back. In fact, they're platooning him because he's had not only, you know, coming back from the ACL, but he also had a back injury pretty recently. They're platooning him with a young player, DJ Turner, I think is a day two pick uh, out of Michigan, who's got really good athleticism and a player I really liked out of Michigan. So they got a lot of young talent here at corner. And I'm sure the future here is Cam Taylor Britt and DJ Turner. They're onboarding Turner right now as Awuzie works back from injury. And I'm sure they'll, at some point, it'll be fully Turner's job, but they're platooning those two guys for now. And then in the slot is who I think is the best slot corner in the NFL and Mike Hilton. Um, he's missed a ton of tackles this year, but physical, He's a good blitzer, can win in coverage. Like I said, I think he's the best slot corner in the NFL, and I think Taron Johnson's up there. I think Kenny Moore's up there. Mike Hilton's the best. And then at safety, they got a new pair of safety. So they they enjoyed a couple of veterans, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Both of those guys left in free agency, and they replaced them with Dax Hill. Dax Hill was a first-round pick two years ago, so they kind of anticipated – losing their safeties and groomed Dax Hill to come in and be a starter. And then Nick Scott, who they signed from the Rams, um, who is at least a sufficient level starter. I'm not sure that he's quite to the level of impact that we saw from Von Bell or Jesse Bates, but I think they have uh, a younger, cheaper pair of safeties that, um, you know, I'm sure they're excited to move forward with, especially from Dax Hill, who's very versatile as a couple of interceptions this year and looks like he's going to be a long-term fixture for the defense. So what are my keys for the Bills on offense against this Bengals defense? Number one, take care of the football. Take care of it. 
uh, Bengals are taking it away. And so you need to, in a game where you're expecting points, in a game where you're expecting potentially a shootout and uh, a lot of possessions, don't give them away. Don't give them away. Take care of the ball. Number two, I have written down counter punches. Uh, Lou Rumo is really good at adjusting. He's a good game planner, and he's really good at adjusting. And so Ken Dorsey needs to come up, come to the table with a lot of different things that he can throw at uh, this defense because they're going to have answers. They're going to continue to counter. They're going to give you a lot of different looks. And so you need to have a lot in your bag and a lot of different answers uh, to attack this defense. Number three, do the things that you do well. Do the things that helped you last week against Tampa. Tempo, spread, RPO, play action, QB run game. Continue to mix those elements in to be a very complete offense and leaning into things that sometimes make it easier for you. And then number four, Dalton Kincaid. The Cincinnati Bengals have given up the most fantasy points per game, two tight ends this year. Time for Dalton Kincaid to continue to feast on this defense. George Kittle had a lot of production against them last week and had a couple of drops as well. I'd like to see Dalton Kincaid have a big game against Cincinnati. I think that'll be a big part of the Bills having success on offense. Real quick on special teams, our kicker, Evan McPherson, third-year player, 86% for his career, 79% so far. This year he's got a big leg, uh, but he's not immune to some misses. Their punter is a rookie, Brad Robbins, out of Michigan. Has not been good yet this year, 27th in EPA per punt. So bottom-tier punter, again, a rookie young player. Their kick returner is Travion Williams. Their punt returner is Trenton Irwin. I think those are serviceable players, but I think if you feel confident in your ability to cover kicks, you would definitely challenge Travion Williams and see if you can pin them back inside the 25. Again, if you're confident in your ability to cover kicks, I don't think Travion Williams is much of a home run threat, so I would definitely challenge that. Trenton Irwin is modestly experienced as a punt returner, hasn't really had any blunders, Um, but I don't think he's the type of guy that you hold your breath if he has a football. So you should have some opportunities to win the field position game here um, with your ability to cover kicks and punts, but you got to execute. So there you have it. That's the Bengals. Big game, big game. Uh, Both teams here, three AFC losses already, and the Bills have played eight games. The Bengals have played seven. The Bills already don't have a tiebreaker over the Jaguars. They've already taken losses to the Patriots and the Jets. You got you got to you got to get this one. And there there's an emotional component to this, right? Not only going back to Cincinnati and everything that went down, but everything that went down in Buffalo as well. And everything about the way this team played you and the way that they were able to dictate terms in your own backyard. You owe them something. Can you deliver? We're going to find out. And we're going to talk more about this game later on this week. We're going to of course have our last conversation where I'll give you my final thoughts and any Updates, right? We'll talk a little bit about Linval Joseph, the Bills defensive tackle that they just added, a run stuffer. Uh, Kyrie Elam going to injured reserve. We'll talk about that. We'll talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills about the injuries. The injuries look pretty good this week, and so that's encouraging. And then, of course, five predictions for the game all coming your way in our next conversation. So don't miss anything. Make sure you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again one more time before the Bills face the Bengals on Sunday Night Football.